Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, joining me today. She is an Olympic champion, five-time Olympic medalist, undefeated in the NCAA in breaststroke, and most recently, uh, the Deaconess Aquatic Center and Lily King competition pool went up in Evansville, Indiana, and here today to discuss it is Lily King. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. (laughs) How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Just kind of, you know, hanging out at home, getting ready for practice. But uh, it's been a been a good couple of weeks coming down from uh, ISL in Italy and um, getting some good training in. So um, tell me about the Deaconess Aquatic Center. When I know this has been kind of on the horizon for a while. This has been something you've talked about. Um, when did this first become a, a reality or a possibility in your mind? Um, so this has been a, a very, very long work in progress. Um, I remember my mom going to a meeting about, you know, us kind of creating a new pool in Evansville when I was eight. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been in the works for, for a very, very long time. Um, but I believe two years ago was when I, I went home for a city council meeting when they were gonna, you know, decide the fate of the new pool. Um, and luckily, you know, uh, it passed and, and we got the funding for it and, uh, the pool went up, uh, about a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, so we have a, we have a brand new, beautiful facility in Evansville and, uh, couldn't be more excited. That's, that's pretty amazing. What were, what were the conditions like when you were swimming as an eight-year-old or, uh, as a child youth in Evansville? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up swimming at Lloyd pool. So I know pretty much nobody who's going to watch this podcast has been to Lloyd pool, but, um, if you just want to like Google Lloyd pool, Evansville, uh, you'll see, it's pretty disgusting. (laughs) Um, it's, you know, it was, it was a place that I'm sure, you know, when it was built in the, in the late seventies, early eighties, that it was a great facility, but, um, just was not, you know, kept up to standards. It, It was still a 50 meter pool. Um, but we had one bulkhead that never moved. Um, we didn't have regulation blocks. Um, so like, and then one side of the pool was like 28 yards. It was just, it was just like, you know, not, not a place that (laughs) you'd think, you know, someone like me would come out of, you know, something like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was time and it was probably time 15 years ago, honestly. So, uh, it was, it's just really nice to, to see that the city has the pool they finally deserve. Have, did you get to go to the the grand opening? I saw it was virtual. So have you actually seen the pool yet? Yeah. So um, it was mostly virtual. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, I did. I did go to the opening. Um, there were there, there were still probably about two to three hundred people there. Um, so we did kind of like the the grand opening, the, the big reveal, and then we had our first race. So um, I was in the first race along with a couple other uh, kids from the community, and uh, it was a it was a pretty cool moment. Nice. What was the race? Was it a hundred breast? No, it was just, it was just a 50 and yeah. it was kind of funny. Cause I didn't know what we were doing. So I was like asking <laughs> the eight-year-olds in the lane next to me, what we were swimming. Um, but yeah, it was just a 50 stroke your choice, whatever you want. So I did a 50 freaks. I hadn't warmed up, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. Nice. Uh, so I have to ask in, in Lloyd pool, did you swim in the 28 yard side ever? 
Yeah. So um, I think Evansville is a little bit bigger than everyone thinks it is. Uh, so there's okay. still, I believe we shared the pool with seven other high schools. Um, so it was seven high schools plus a club team and we would rotate. We had four lanes during high school season, which in Indiana, everybody swims high school. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'd swim in like four lanes with my club or four lanes with my high school and we would rotate around the pool. So half the time, you know, when I was an age group and high school swimmer, I was swimming in a 28 yard pool. Whoa, <clears throat> that's wild. Did, <laughs> did, did you like, did you have your stroke counts down and everything for the, the 28 yard format? Not really. It was one, you just kind of had to wing it. And it was, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, I want to, you know, I want a 10400 freestyle. Oh, that's pretty good on the long end. So <laughs> there was really like no standard for it. It was just kind of, you know, just kind of wing it. Yeah. The, so there were seven, there's seven plus other high schools in Evansville, Indiana. I, so it's a pretty big town. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's the third largest town in, in Indiana. So, um, okay. yeah, I've got about hundred and I want to say about around 120,000 people. So, okay. you know, a town that deserves, a, you know, a nice, uh, well, it's actually 65 meters, um, but you know, a nice 50 meter pool. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Nice. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's exciting. And then, uh, yeah. also the, the Lily King competition pool. What, I mean, what is it like just to have a pool, especially in your hometown named after you? Uh, pretty crazy, especially cause I feel like, you know, um, I didn't do much to get the pool going, um, <laughs> other than swim fast. Uh, but you know, it was, it, it was pretty special. I, I kind of like to joke that I'm the little Sebastian of Evansville, Indiana. So, um, <laughs> It was, it was actually, it was, it was so neat just to, it, it, that was kind of like the, the surprise was that it was the Lily King competition pool. Like we had kind of known all along because um, my mom was on the task force that got the pool built. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like walking in and seeing my name on this, you know, enormous, <laughs> um, just, just crazy, nice brand new pool was, was pretty cool. That, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that seems yeah. like a really great experience. Um, obviously you've done. Uh, you've done a lot to deserve it. I think it's with your work in the pool. Um, so speaking of which, like you said, you're coming off of ISL. Um, how do you feel like your time in, in Naples went? It was great. Honestly. Um, I feel like we hype up that like first race back from the Olympics so much. And well, at least I did, you know, in 2016. Um, but it was so nice just being able to like, kind of come back to racing with the same people I was racing with, you know, three weeks before, but it just be a little bit more casual. Um, so it was actually, it was actually so much fun. Um, we were just, I was kind of, you know, floating around groups, not doing the practices that my coaches were giving me. And I was swimming with, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a lot of my other teammates, which is kind of the beauty of ISL is that you can, you know, you can, I could train with Molly or I could, you know, train with, with Emily Esquito and do all these, you know, different kinds of workouts that I wasn't used to doing. Um, and just kind of switching it up a little bit. So, uh, it was, it was actually really, really fun. That, that was one thing I wanted to ask you specifically, because I'm just always, I'm, I'm obviously not a swimmer, so I don't get how, how you guys can go for like six weeks and race at a really high level and still like train. So that always just mystifies me. Um, but it sounds like you did a lot of switching it up, a lot of different kinds of training, especially mm -hmm. having two of the best American breaststrokers yes. alongside <laughs> with you and Emily Definitely and Molly. <laughs> yeah. So what can you describe what your training was like, or did you have an idea of what you needed to do? Or are you just like, Hey, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do this tomorrow, eh, whatever. 
Yeah, I had kind of a general plan in my head of what I wanted to do or what I needed to do. Um, and then normally I just kind of like look around and pick a practice that looked good and, and do that. So, you know, there were days I'd do the Tennessee practice or days I do the NC state practice or, um, you know, we had, we had a bunch of different groups that were still in the water and working really hard. Um, so I just, yeah, I just kind of look around and <laughs> see what looked good. And I was like, all right, that's the one I'm, you know, picking out of the box today. So, um, definitely a lot more of like casual type. I don't want to say casual training. Cause I feel like I was still, you know, getting after it a little bit. Um, but it was, it was still, it was just different from what I'm used to. It, it, you know, we, we've seen you swim really fast in every course yards, meters, short course, long course. What's your relationship like with short course meters? How do you feel about racing in that format? Uh, I love short course meters, um, to be honest with you. It's, um, it's, it's, it might be my favorite now, honestly. Um, cause long course is just hard. Like let's, let's be real. Like nobody's favorite is long course, except for maybe Haley Flickner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then yards, at least for breaststroke is just so hypoxic. I've, I've kind of struggled at least in, in like the 200 yards. Um, but it's that like two extra strokes in short course meters. I'm, I'm really vibing with right now. Uh, so yeah, I honestly, I'm, I'm loving it heading into or getting moving through the ISL season. Do you feel, how do you feel like you progress with your racing? Do you feel like it took you a while to get warmed up or, you know, like that first match in Cali, we saw like Coleman break the world record and yeah. you guys won by like 700 points. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the first meet was definitely a little bit rough for me. Just, um, the way the schedule is set up, the breaststrokers and the backstrokers really front load the meet. So that first day I've got the 200 right into the 50, right into the medley relay with probably yeah. 30 to 40 minutes in between each. So it's kind of, it's really hard changing gears from the 200 into the 50, at least for me. And then the hundred at the end just hurts. So, um, I think just kind of readjusting, um, to what I was doing, you know, in Budapest the year before and kind of remembering how the flow of the meat goes and, and just getting back into racing after the Olympics. Um, the first meet was a little wobbly. Mm -hmm. Um, but then just, you know, it's so great racing over and over and over again, because you get that routine and you, you like have things down that, <laughs> that you just don't during the regular season, I guess. Um, so it's one of those things where the repetition, at least for me helps a lot. Yeah. How, how do you change those gears, especially, you know, you swim the 200, 30 or 40 minutes later, you have to get in for the 50. Yeah. That's been something I've been trying to figure out a little bit. Um, mostly because I feel like for the last three, four years, I'm training for the 200. I'm not training for the 50. Um, so the 50 is something that has typically come very naturally to me and it's maybe not coming as natural anymore as it did when I was, you know, say 18, 19 years old. Um, but you just kind of got to wing it. <laughs> um, I'll usually warm down and then maybe, maybe do like a, an assistant cord or something to kind of get my tempo going back up again. But, um, it's just something you have to figure out. That's kind of funny hearing because usually as, as people age in swimming, you're like, Oh, the fifties, you know, I've, I've got yeah. some more natural <laughs> speed, but you're kind of the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to joke that Ray beat the sprinter out of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, we'll see if it comes back. I'm not sure. How did, how, how did you spend the two or three weeks between Olympics and ISL? Were you in the pool at all, or did you just kind of go, all right, I, I need a break. Yeah. Um, I got, I got right back in. 
So I took like, I think I, my, after my last swim in Tokyo, I had four days, which included travel day. Um, and then I came, came back to Bloomington and got right back in the water. Um, but in that time I was just doing singles. Um, I've, I've learned that not doing anything for me is not good. Um, I need a schedule or I need to be doing something at least. Um, so for me, that was just going to morning practice. So, uh, most of the pros and a couple of the incoming freshmen would go to go to like a morning practice. And then I kind of have the rest, of the rest of the day to, you know, do things. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I kind of just got right back in. Nice. I mean, but yeah, routine seems something that's extremely important to a lot of people, especially swimmers just because our lives are so routined all the time. Yeah. How, how do you, how did you spend the rest of your days? What kind of things were you up to? <laughs> uh, watching Netflix, you know, just the, I feel like it was kind of like my quarantine schedule. Like I'd go to practice right. and then I'd hang out with my cat and watch Netflix. Um, I went to Louisville to see my grandparents and my family one weekend. Um, but it was a pretty quick turnaround. Not going to lie. Do you, is it nice for you being able to go back to Bloomington where your training base is because like knowing, Oh, I don't have to go to Washington DC or uh, San Francisco to go see my family. Cause they're like right down the road. It's very easy. Um, it's, it's nice. Like, uh, I, you know, I see my parents all the time, but I've only been home like twice this year, but they're either driving here to see me or driving through here to see my brother in Michigan. So it's, um, I still see my family all the time, even though I don't necessarily have to go home, but it's, it's really nice that, you know, on the weekends I can be like, Hey, I think I'm going to go home this weekend where, uh, you know, I think, you know, most people can't do that where they decided to go to college and mine just happened to be down the road. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that does seem very convenient. Um, <laughs> And so then heading, heading into ISL after coming off of singles, um, just it, heading into that first meet, were you nervous, excited? How did you feel about getting into racing that quickly after the Olympics? Um, at first I wasn't quite sure. Um, and then like, once we got into it, when we were in Italy, I was, we were in our team meeting and I, I was looking around, I was like, I'm really excited to swim. And, uh, I don't know if everybody else felt that way, but, um, ISL is just so fun for me, um, that it was, it was pretty easy to get back into it. Um, but kind of like after, after having like a year of not really having any serious swimming, I didn't, you know, like, like during COVID, I didn't really feel like I needed a break. So, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't quite as like mentally exhausted as I normally am after, after a big meet. So I think that helped too. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool thing to have. I, I was curious, you know, you've come off two Olympics now, and like you just mentioned, you've, you've come off a lot of big meets generally, and I'm guessing you probably take a break after each one. Um, but after this one, you know, obviously with that extra COVID year, and kind of a, a longer road to the Olympic buildup. Um, did you feel fatigued from swimming at all? Or did you, did you feel the way you expected to in terms of, okay, I want to get back in the pool or maybe I want to take some more time off. Yeah, I think, I think COVID was a blessing in disguise for me, at least, at least my mental state, because <laughs> I was actually talking to Cody about this this morning. Um, but like I, after Rio, like I hated swimming. And I didn't really realize I hated swimming until I get to the end of the season. And I was like, I need, I need like time off. Like I really need like three weeks off and to not do anything. 
And then COVID hit and like all of that was taken away. And I was like, wait, I actually like swimming again. <laughs> um, so it was, it was kind of, it, it was very strange. It was a strange, like it just did all of a sudden like flip of the switch. And I was like, wait, this is really like, this is really cool that I get to do this and that, you know, I'm doing everything that I wanted to do as an eight-year-old. Um, you know, like I get to do that now. So, um, it was, it was really just a blessing in disguise for me and, and kind of opened my eyes to realize like, this isn't, you know, what, what I'm doing, what this group here at IU is doing, this isn't normal. And, uh, I should, you know, be really appreciative of it and, and take it to my advantage because that was something I don't think I was doing before. That is really cool. Did, did, did you see that play out, um, in the way you approach training or what you were able to do in training after that light kind of switched at all? Yeah, I think, um, obviously I know each training group had their, had their ups and downs, but we were lucky enough to, you know, whether we were driving to Indy or swimming in a pond or whatever, um, we, we were able to, you know, find somewhere to swim pretty soon after things shut down. Um, but you know, it's a group of, you know, four or five people and, you know, one of you has a bad day and then everybody has a bad day. So I think we realized that kind of the toxic energy, if like one person was having a bad day would throw everybody off. So even when I was really, really miserable, I'd try to show up to practice with a smile and, and like fake being happy. And it shockingly turned my mood around. So, um, I've always been a big, big person on fake it till you make it. And that was a prime example of fake it till you make it. So, um, I think that that just made the experience a lot more enjoyable. Is that aspect of the, uh, of the pro culture, something you guys talk about or like more of a tangible thing for you at all? Or is that just kind of you guys get the idea and, and then you all independently kind of act accordingly? Um, we, it's not something we ever really discuss. I think it's, it's just a very natural chemistry between the group. Um, and you know, we're very selective of the people who get to come train here. And, and if someone, you know, ask and they say, Hey, I really like to come train, you know, at Indiana, that decision goes through Ray and then it goes to the pros. So, um, it's one where it's, it's a very cohesive group because we talk and we listen to each other and we, um, also just try to feed off of each other, each other's energy. That seems, I mean, obviously it, you've, you've guys found success with it. So it seems like it's working. Um, and I, I, I also feel like just Indiana has had a lot of new faces coaching wise come in. Um, how did, do you feel like that has had, a, a, an impact on that pro group and just in the last 12 months? Um, I wouldn't say it's had too much of an impact on the pro group. Um, I definitely think it has, it has affected the college team a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately that's just, you know, you have those, those kind of lower level assistant jobs and, and the goal of that job is to get another job somewhere to get a head coaching job or to get a better assistant job. So, um, it's not unusual, I think, to see turnover through those positions. Um, but the thing, the big thing for me is that Ray has been a constant since I've been here. Um, and, as long as Ray's here, I'm here. So, um, I think that's been, he, you know, and Corey as well have been such big rocks for us to lean on, um, that it's, it hasn't really affected us at all. That, that is, that seems like a really nice situation to have, like you said, just to have those really big, uh, rocks that, that are, that are constant mm-hmm. and has seemed to give consistency to that pro group. 
Um, so, so then, you know, you, you kind of get your training down, you kind of mentally, you have this shift heading into trials. Did you feel pretty prepared, um, you know, to obviously trials, there's basically just one job to do. Did you feel pretty prepared to, for that job? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> felt in or got in feeling good and, um, definitely a very different experience at trials this time than, than in 2016. Uh, I really enjoyed trials in 2016 and I did not enjoy trials this time around. Um, just, you know, mostly because I, I felt that I was so much more emotionally invested in other people. Um, cause you know, in 2016, I didn't know anybody. Um, so I was like, Oh, they made the team. That's cool. Oh no, they didn't make it. That stinks. But then like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm at this point, you know, I feel like a national team veteran at this point and, and come in and I'm seeing like friends that I've made through the years, like having emotional breakdowns on the side of the pool. And I'm like, I don't think I like this meet anymore. Um, but yeah, as far as like physical preparation, I, I felt good. I felt ready to go. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm totally there with you in terms of just that. It's not a fun meet. No. <laughs> um, you, you meet people and, and everyone has a different experience. So how do you, how do you keep it within yourself? Right. I mean, like swimmers, have all this practice of like focusing on their lane or focusing what they need to mm-hmm. do. But at that meet, I feel like it's, it's so much harder because, because people's dreams are getting made or they're getting crushed. And yeah. so, so how did, how, how did you navigate that throughout the eight days? Um, I think for me, the thing I kept saying was I have to be a robot. Yeah. Um, so no emotion too high, no emotion too low. Um, And I think that was especially true after, after the hundred, when, you know, I saw Annie get third and I was like, Oh man, like, I hope she keeps it together. And I hope I keep it together. Cause it was just, it, it's something like you never want to see happen. Um, so it, yeah, you just kind of have to go through the meat and like, like, you know, blinders on, don't get too excited. Don't get too down. And just, you know, you have to, function like that throughout those eight days or, or that means going to eat you alive. Yeah. The, in terms of, um, like outside the pool, you know, I'll add a lot of meets at like an NCAAs or uh, at an Olympics or whatever meet, you know, you hear a lot about, Oh, like the van rides were great. And like, you know, everyone's singing or chatting or whatever, like it, it, it trials, it, does that happen too? Or is, is everyone kind of just like stone faced and quiet when you're heading to the pool? Yeah, it depends. Uh, I, I really try to not be like that. Um, cause I know like I just operate better when I'm kind of goofing around and having fun. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are just, you know, not don't want to talk to you or, you know, they're, they're just listening to music the whole time where they're so focused on their race, which also just disrupts from their normal routine. You know, like I was talking about having ISL routine, all routines are completely disrupted at trials because people just start freaking out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting and not always the most fun. So, <laughs> so then after try, you know, coming off of trials is, is there a, a period where you just kind of have to de-stress or like process everything before you're like, okay, n- now it's time to focus on the Olympics. Um, I guess technically, yes, there should be a time where you're able to de-stress, but you can't like you're, you're still, you know, three, four weeks out of the Olympics. 
Um, so it's pretty much just a very stress-filled like two months and then you're done after that. <laughs> so it's like, all right, just wait, just wait, push it off, push it off. And then I'll, I'll find a way to function as a normal human, uh, after the Olympics are over. So, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so then, you know, training camp heading into the Olympics again, you had done that before. Was, was that a very different experience as well? Just, uh, having training camp traving to Tokyo, um, than, than what it was for you in Rio. Um, to be honest with you, I don't remember very much from Rio. Um, I think it was, I think for me, like first time around and considering everything that happened during my races, um, it was so overwhelming. I think I kind of blacked it out. Um, but yeah, this time around it was, it was, it was interesting for me. Um, I don't think, I don't think training camp went as well as it could have um, just because of, you know, conditions out of my control, whether that be travel or, or, you know, pools that are a little warm or I don't handle hot water well. So, um, you know, being out in the Hawaii sun probably wasn't the best thing for me, uh, two weeks out of the Olympics. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a little bit different just because I was more so on the veteran side and we had such a young team. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a different feel kind of trying to like get into just to know all the younger girls on the team. Um, cause it was just such a new group. Yeah. Did you, did, did you feel the weight of that responsibility in any fashion? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think of it as a responsibility. It was just, you know, something I, I like to do. I had, I had a lot of really fantastic, um, veterans taking care of me. So it's, it's not one where it's like, Oh, I, I'm not focusing on me. I have to focus on these kids. It's, it's just, I feel like it's natural at this point. Gotcha. Nice. Um, so then, you know, your Olympic performances, uh, can you break them down for me? What, what did you make of, of, uh, of your individual races in Tokyo? Um, yeah, quite literally the most up and down meet of my life. <laughs> so the hundred was weird. Um, came off my prelim and it kind of felt like a normal prelim. I was like, all right, my prelim at trials wasn't great. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever it's, it's just like, it was at trials. I'll be fine the next night. Um, or the next morning, I guess. And then semis wasn't great. Um, and Tatiana beat me in semis. And I was like, well, that hasn't happened in five years. That was kind of weird. <laughs> and then, you know, the final was like just a crap shoot, like who, you know, who can, who can take it down the stretch. And, um, it's the hundred is one of those things I will never be able to explain. Um, you know, I, I have no regrets with it. I really don't. I did, I did everything I could leading up to it in training. I did everything right that morning. I, you know, got up, took a hot shower, got myself ready. I, you know, had coffee. I ate the right breakfast. I did the right warm up. Like I did everything right and everything that I was supposed to do. And it just wasn't there. So, um, I, I, I feel like people around me and maybe even myself are like looking for an answer as to why, why did I not win that race? Um, but I don't think there is, you know, it's just, it's just some things happen that way. And, and that's what I had that day. So, um, coming off of that, I was just trying to make it back in the 200 breaststroke because, you know, just, just seeing how traditionally how, you know, my meets have gone, the hundred is always the best. The 200 is like, okay, get through it. Um, so at that point, you know, after having that hundred, I said, I just, I just hope I make semis. Um, and then I swam the prelim of the 200 and it was pretty good. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, semi heard a little bit and then came back and said, you know what? I, 
if I don't go for this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Um, and Ray said, well, you always say you're going to go for it, but you <laughs> never really do. You like kind of half-ass going for it. Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it this time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just kind of got up and freaking sent it. And, um, and yeah, and honestly, that's, that's one of the races I'm, I am most proud of in my career. And even though, you know, I was second, um, I dropped two seconds as a 24 year old, like what, that doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, I, that was one I was, I was just really proud of to, to be able to finish the meet on, um, and, and be able to finally break 220. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, <clears throat> it seemed like there was a lot of barriers broken in, in that final swim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coming off of the hundred, um, I mean, how, how, how good of a job do you, do you feel like you did at, at being a robot, you know, at not letting that hundred get in your head or, or shake your confidence or whatever heading into that 200? Yeah. Um, emotionally I was great. Um, I'm kind of a weird person where I like, I don't, when I'm like in shock, um, and this, this kind of happened after I got DQ'd in, in 2019 in the 200. Like if I'm, if I'm in genuine shock, like after a race, I don't really feel anything. Um, I'm kind of like, all right, that happened. Like, let's drop it and move on. Um, and that's, that's what I tried to do. <laughs> but after, uh, you know, after that hundred, I Ray told me to take the night off and I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll just hang out in the village. And, um, I was absolutely sick to my stomach. Like I just felt, I felt so weird, like inside. <laughs> and, um, but it was, it was one thing where I was like, listen, like I've got potentially four or five more swims in this meet. Like I got to get over it. You know, it's, it's one thing where, you know, I don't, I don't want to have that one race determine the outcome of my Olympics because the meet's not over. So I just kind of had to drop it and move on, which is something I feel like I've done well in the past. And apparently it worked this time too. Hearing you describe that, like I, I, I got a little sick, like that's, uh, that that's, that sounds like a hard thing to get over, but that's really cool. I mean, obviously you, like you said, you've experienced that before and you were able to do it. Um, so you did not swim on the mixed medley relay prelims or finals. Is that right? No. Okay. Were you expecting to at all? Or is that just kind of, okay, well, if I get the call, I get the call. And if not, then that's that. Um, the mixed medley is always a toss up. I figure, you know, I figured after the hundred final, it was, it was a no go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, before the meet started, yeah, of course I, ex- I expected to be on that relay. Um, you know, at trials, I was one Oh four seven, which is as fast as I'd been since 2017. And, um, yeah, of course I expected it. Um, but yeah, after, after that hundred final, I was like, maybe they're not going to take me for this one, especially, you know, knowing like there are so few female breaststrokers on that relay. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a, that was kind of a tough pill to swallow watching that one go off without me. Yeah. And, and then, um, again, in the medley relay, just having the night swim, but knowing that the, that that was a prelim swim, which have you, have you ever swam on a prelims relay before? (laughs) (laughs) I've never, I've never been on the prelims relay, but you know, I think, I think one thing for that is that now, like, I feel like I can say I have done it all, (laughs) um, you know, I've. I've, I've won. I have had a disappointing third. I've had a very exciting second. I've been disqualified <laughs> at a major international meet and I've been on prelims and finals relays. So, 
Um, I feel like, you know, now I can, I can kind of check that one off my list and say, I've done it all. Um, and yeah, that again, like, you know, I was supposed to be, I think the only returning veteran on that relay. So, and then there were none um, all of a sudden. So, all right, Reagan, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little, little strange watch. I feel, I feel like it was like almost an out of body experience. Like I felt like I, sh- I should have been in the relay, even though I obviously didn't earn that spot, but, um, it was still, it was still cool being able to watch it and like hang out with the team the last day, but I can't say I loved it. That, yeah, totally understandable. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, so then again, coming off that meet, like you said, it's been like six weeks, two months of just like, Oh, like, yeah. you know, stress and, and focus. Um, were you able to, to have time or to have, have the ample equipment you needed, you felt like you needed to just kind of process and let it sink in. Yeah. I don't think I ever let things sink in fully. <laughs> so okay. I'm, I'm like saying I'm totally good now and I'm like ready to swim and all these different things, but like, watch me like February be like, I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of, that's kind of how I handle things. I just, I just kind of, you know, if something happens good or bad, I drop it and move on. So, um, that's, I think how I'm going to continue to, to handle everything and hopefully that turns out. Okay. Gotcha. Do you, do you, with, with ISL, you know, playoffs are looming and then, uh, and then there's kind of this weird short season where world champs or try like, you know, trials are at the end of April. Do you feel uh-huh. like that's a, that's a doable or manageable or like good schedule for you? Um, I think that's a great schedule for me. Cause we get to kind of chill during the summer. <laughs> um, that's what I'm looking forward to, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's such a long season and why is it such a long season? Like why, you know, why does it have to be, you know, August to August every year? Why can't it be, you know, August to May? Why not? Um, so I'm excited to kind of try something new out. And I think, I think it's definitely doable. Nice. Do you know if I, I'm pretty sure they haven't announced the roster yet, but do you know if you'll go to short course worlds? Uh, I'm not going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Just sticking with ISL. Okay. For right now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so then right now, you know, you've, you've been home for, uh, from Naples for a couple of weeks. What is, what is right now looking like? Is it like grinding hard work or is it more just like, yeah, we're getting back into things. Um, I'm traveling a lot of the weekends. So like Monday to Thursday is grind time. <laughs> um, and then, and then the weekends is kind of, you know, uh, whatever. Um, so, nice. so about, about half and half right now. <laughs> That seems like a, a, a nice balance. Uh, I, you know, I think it is. I don't think it's going to last, but I'll, I'll take it for right <laughs> now. <laughs> nice. Do you, are, are you on your own schedule or like, do all the pros practice at the same time? And like, is everyone on the same schedule in that regard? Um, every single person that swims at IU has their own individual schedule. So um, I think that's something really cool that our coaches do. Like, I don't, I don't think there are very few people who have the exact same schedule throughout the week. Like Annie and I don't even have the same schedule throughout the week. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I do my own thing. Um, and it's all like tapered towards what I need and, and what's going to make me faster. And, and, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But yes, I'm, I'm on my own. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. That, that is pretty cool to just have your yeah. own individual thing. Is there anything new you're trying right now in training or anything you like wanted to sprinkle in or throw in there in the pool or out of the pool? Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to think 
kind of coming off of ISL instead of doing like my Wednesday, like lactate or speed practice, I've been doing like this disgusting, I am active rest set, which I'm not a fan of, but hopefully this week I won't have to do it. Um, but, uh, just kind of throwing a little bit more aerobic in right now and try to get, you know, back into a little bit better shape before we head off for, for Eindhoven. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, Lily, it's, it's always great talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time today, to sit down and chat. Um, any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Uh, go see the new Deaconess Aquatic Center. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a big pool. It's 65 meter tank and, uh, and rec pool on the other side, splash park outside. It's, it's pretty sweet. So if you get the chance to travel down to Evansville, check it out. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.